When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome back to More Than Amuse. I'm Stani. I'm Sadie. And I'm so excited for this episode today. We have such an exciting guest that we had the chance to talk with. We don't always often have guests on the podcast, but this one, her book was just so perfect and so much aligned with what we do and what we care about that. Yeah, we were just so excited to have her on. I'm going to shout her out very, very first. Because again, I talked about this last week that I'll always tease who we're doing and not just say it. Um, <laughs> so I will say it first that today we had the honor to talk to Sarah Gristwood, who is a best-selling biography historian and a broadcaster, actually. And the book is Secret Voices, A Year of Women's Diaries. Such a cool. It's, it's so cool. Do you want to so talk cool. about what the book is? <laughs> yes. So basically she took... And even the way she describes the process, like you guys are going to want to listen to this one. It's very cool. But she took an entire calendar year and then went through and found different women's diaries from all time periods. Like, yeah, back to like early, early, early to like Anne Frank, obviously, with her famous diary to then you have like Emily Dickinson and Virginia Woolf, you know, like writers that we know yeah. kept very intense diaries. Mm -hmm. And then she put it all together in this book where you can literally go like January 1st and you can read about the experience like of so all of them. so many different accounts. And like they're all like little like bite-sized pieces mm -hmm. from the diary entries. So it's not like you're sitting there reading like seven full di diary entries. But yeah, it's like little snippets of how like these women's days were mm -hmm. from January 1st on holidays, on everything. And it's 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 such a cool window. It's into so cool. History. And yeah. I feel like it's it it's not a hard book to read because it's like so delightful like you said just like little <laughs> snippets um and i think it could even be fun to like follow the calendar year you know and like yeah read like page. read one entry a day or mm -hmm. something like that yeah yes. but what's really cool about it too is she also talks about like the connection between like the past and the present and how the women's experience has changed and like it hasn't like people are still complaining about their husbands like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was so funny yeah and like postpartum depression and you know just like things that are kind of a universal experience of womanhood and obviously that that's something that has continued throughout all of time so absolutely mm -hmm. I want to give her just biography real quick so uh, she's the author actually of several books of 15th and 16th century history. Some include The Tudors in Love, The Courtly Code Behind the Last Medieval Dynasty, Game of Queens, The Women Who Made 16th Century Europe, Blood Sisters, The Women Behind the Wars of the Rose, and many more. She's had a lifelong commitment to publicizing women's experiences in history. Uh, as a young journalist, she actually championed women's voices through outlets such as The Guardian, Women's Page, and as a founder of a founding member of Women in Journalism and the Women's Equality Party. And then as a historian, she has consistently explored the question of women and power through the ages from Elizabeth I, second, fascinating relationships between Victoria and Albert to Virginia Woolf. So super incredible, obviously, like, you know, anyone, she's telling the stories of women. Which yes. Is what we do, tell the stories of yes. women. Yes. So she's and an incredible we, person. 
adore her. She was just a charming, wonderful mm-hmm. interview. Like literally my heart. I was just yeah. like, oh, I love her. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. so you guys are really going to like this one. Totally. Listen to the interview, but also stick around to the end because we will also be showing you actually. Wow. So if you're not listening on YouTube, Sorry, you're going to have to use your imagination a little bit or just go to our Instagram or (laughs) go to our YouTube. Or go to the YouTube. Yeah, any of the above. But we'll be showing you our merch for March and explaining a little bit more about what's going to be happening next month because we've been planning this forever. So we're really excited about it. (laughs) Yeah, we really, really are. Mm -hmm. So anyways, enjoy our chat with Sarah. We're so thrilled to um, have you on More Than Amused today. Just because, you know, we got to review your your book and just the premise of it and, and it all being together. It's so inspiring and it's so cool. And so we're very excited to get the chance to talk about it with you. I just wanted to ask, first off, like, how did you even think of this? Because when I heard the premise and like read everything, I was like, this is genius. How has this not been available before? But then I was like, how on earth did you even think of this? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, I couldn't agree more. It mm-hmm. is one of those things that you think, well, everyone must have been doing this for the last 20 years. Guess what? I did a book a million years ago when I was in my 20s about what, what you know, the subjects women write about in their diaries. But the entire world was different then. Mm-hmm. But you're too young to know it. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm not. So basically, there was no internet then, which meant, of course, that all you could really write about were the books that were on the bookshelves or in the libraries in your own country. I was lucky. I think my mother was visiting, was making a long visit to the States and prepared to spend most of it in the Library of Congress. So I got some US stuff there. But the amount that's out there now, there's just no comparison. Yeah. So it was painfully yeah. time to come to the subject again. That's amazing. Something that I loved so much is it, you know, it's obviously a year in diary. I really wanted to know like the process of finding the journals and mm. your selection process. I know you talked a little bit about it kind of in the foreword of the book of like different things you were considering, but I, I wanted to hear more about that directly from you. Yeah. I mean, the process, although I've talked about the internet here, I tell you, I wound up with surrounded by piles this high yeah. of old books from the London Library. You know, all these kind of 1890s volumes and things. Mm-hmm. Um, Sometimes I thought I'd, I'd, I'd never come up from them. But <laughs> selecting it, no, that every single entry is a judgment call, if you like. As you say, going through day by day. So I you know, began with each day, made a list of the, all the options I could find for that day, then started making the choice and cursing the fact that heaven knows why everyone seems to write on, say, August the 12th and absolutely no one writes on August the 3rd. <laughs> I caught myself thinking, couldn't I just fudge it? But no, I didn't. <laughs> Well, that's very good, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I was trying to give a kind of picture of the way that, well, the way that women write, the way women in the past 
often echo dilemmas that we think of as ours today and trying to give a real overview because the material is just so amazing. Mm -hmm. What is something that you think you like learned most from these women? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure I, I was just so interested of just like in the couple I was reading through of like how much of it still does mirror today so much, which is so incredible. So, yeah, I want to know if you could speak on that, but also what yeah. else have you learned from them? Yeah, well, I think that was the chief thing that dilemmas we think of as today, like how to combine career and family. Mm -hmm. You've got Elizabeth Try, famous Quaker prison reformer 200 years ago in the early 19th century, writing about how she worried that her husband and her children were distracting her from her, her vocation, her work, basically. And I think there's, there's a huge sense of support in that, you know? I think today we sometimes, women, sometimes feel that they're still like frontline troops tackling these dilemmas for the first time. Well, guess what? There's a whole army of foremothers at our back who've been there before us. Yeah. I love that so much. That's such a good point that like it really is this retrospective of like a women's experiences throughout a year. And I love to like you have a very broad range of people that you pulled from. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yes, totally. I was trying to get as broad a range as possible, of course. And again, you wind up thinking, okay, how come so many people in Holland wrote diaries? Is there nothing else to do there? <laughs> but seriously, no, of course, traditionally, historically, the diaries that are out there that were preserved prioritize, if you like, middle class, upper class women, mm -hmm. wives of famous men, and so on. And that traditionally, that used to tend to mean white women also. So okay. I'm very keen indeed to get as broad a range of voices as possible. And there's been amazing work done in the last decade or two about that, about hunting for voices who wouldn't have been on the bookshelves 20 years ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, there are, there's just, just such fantastic stuff, you know, from the, the pioneer women crossing America to Ada Blackjack, uh, who wound up as the sole survivor of an Arctic expedition, shooting seals and, you know, to survive <laughs> until they came to find her. Right through to things like, oh, Lady Anne Clifford, almost the earliest diarist in the book, 400 years ago, writing about her rows with her husband, who wanted her to trade away her lands, her maternal inheritance, and how she just wasn't going to do it by hook or crook. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's such an incredible thing about diving into history, of course, but then also getting the opportunity to dive into the daily lives of these people mm. because it really... I don't know. I think when you think about history, it's almost like easy to think of it as like fairy tale stories, you know, of like, oh, yeah. that happened long ago. That doesn't attach itself to me. But what a cool thing to be able to in the days today of like, oh, she was fighting with her husband. 
oh yeah, yeah. sometimes yeah. I I fight with mine and like you know it's the, yeah. the day-to-day things that really is what unites yeah precisely <laughs> exactly and again I mean I mentioned Elizabeth Freud well she was writing about 200 years ago about mm-hmm. the difficulties in bonding with a newborn baby yeah very hard labor I guess the term postnatal depression probably wasn't invented then, but the feeling was the same, and she was prepared to acknowledge it. Yeah. Do you think gives, you know, gives strength to us today in a way? Yeah. Were there other times that maybe you could, like in that instance where it's like, oh, now we can maybe put a word to like, you know, postnatal mm-hmm. depression. Were there mm-hmm. other things that maybe now in the modern lens looking at it that you were like, oh, maybe yeah. we have come farther in this way than they were able yes. to. Yeah. Yes, there were. In terms of that first thing, that that terminology, mm-hmm. uh, there's Lady Cynthia Asquith, a socialite from a hundred years ago, writing about her son, one of her children, who I think almost certainly today we're diagnosed as autistic. Mm-hmm. But that was not a concept then. It was yeah. just he was very strange and no one could make him out of what was going to happen. But in terms of how far we've come, the entry that always sticks in my mind, it's actually too long to go in the book, just as well maybe, Fanny Burney, again, more than 200 years ago, writing a pages-long description of undergoing a mastectomy without anesthetic. Oh, that What worried me was whether I could get out of the library without throwing up on... Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Some things have improved. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's horrific. And there was Ellen Wheaton, this, this Victorian woman, thrown out of the house by her husband and denied access to, her, to her, their child. Well, heaven knows domestic abuse does still happen today. But Ellen Wheaton was writing about very directly about how hard it was for a woman because she said a woman can't find anyone to help her. All the lawyers are men, all the juries are men. No man will actually support her and women have no power. Well, again, happily, that's not true today. Dang. Yeah, that is, uh, it's so interesting too, like in the ways that some things do still mirror and then in the ways where thankfully, you know, we can actually see the progress. So it's like on one hand, I'm sure there's the appreciation of like, cool, we have we have indeed made progress. But then the other flip side of like, they are still feeling frustrated about all the same things that we are today. (laughs) And one particular thing that struck me, there's an awful lot of entries about women, very young women sometimes, but not always complaining about their mothers. Well, (laughs) things don't change. Instead of how their mothers wanted them to live in the way they had. I guess I think that there's the humanity in it, though, that like at its core, the relationships are just as complex no matter what time you're living in and (laughs) just as difficult to navigate. 
Yeah, exactly right. The <laughs> framing may be different. The humanity doesn't change. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, sorry, Sandra, you're going to say something. Yo, you're good. I was just going to ask, um, why did you decide to call it Secret Voices? <clears throat> there was a lot of discussion about that because some of these voices really were secret. Beatrix Potter, you know, we all know her for Peter Rabbit and the Little Tales, but she wrote her early diary in code, code deciphered only after her death. The same is true of Anne Lister, um, 18th, early 19th century, who was writing about her lesbian relationships mm -hmm. in code. So those mm -hmm. diaries, those voices were secret. Others probably knew that they might well be published. I mean, Queen Victoria can't have had that many illusions that, you know, the Victorians <laughs> fouling over her papers. Yes. Although still wrote about, you know, uh, the night after their wedding, how much she loved having Albert put on her stockings for and things. You can't quite see our own, our lake in doing that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I decided that in the end, secret voices did work because in the point about the diary formed for so many of these women that whatever they decided to do later, whatever posterity might do, at the, that time it was a private form if they wanted it to be and very, very often they were using it to voice feelings. It may not be anything as obvious as, you know, Anne Lister's different sexuality, which strange in her day, uh, it might just be things like feelings like anger, resentment, frustration, depression, that at the time a nice woman, a lady, was not supposed to feel. So I felt that actually, yes, these were secret voices and it's our privilege to hear them today. I love oh, that. I yeah. love that. Hearing about yeah. like you talking about them writing in code, it reminds me of like Emily Dickinson asking her sister to like burn all of her diaries before she died and everything like that. Um, did you find um, like, I guess, records of maybe journals or diaries that you couldn't get your hands on because of oh, stuff like that? Yeah. Well, no. Well, yes, indeed. As you said, <laughs> yeah. Some papers were burnt. I'm happy to say I don't think I have standout ones, particular standout ones that I was, oh, if only they hadn't burnt that. I think it, in, there is a general point, of course, one does wish that more diaries from women of, of lower classes had survived, women, you know, from, from different backgrounds had survived. Yeah. Has, of course... It isn't only a question of you had to be literate to write a diary and you had to afford the paper and so on. There was the question of, 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 of it being preserved. And the diary of someone like Florence Nightingale or Queen Victoria or the wife or sister of a famous man was more likely to be preserved than that of their maid who, who might possibly have been writing away down in the kitchen. Oh. Yeah, that's such a good point. I'm wondering too, how often in the journals were the people acknowledging the potential reader? I know sometimes with me, like when I'm journaling, 
I feel this like weird thing of like, oh, people could be reading this one day and maybe that changes the way I write. And I wonder how often you came across that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Indeed, I did. That's it's a very good point. And one I was I was very aware of. In a nutshell, the diaries, it's a bit of on the one hand, on the other, they're not quite sure what they think themselves, the diaries. Mm. Because as you say, quite a lot of them speculate on, well, why am I writing this? Will anyone else ever, ever see it? Do I want them to? Mm. Quite often they wind up saying, oh, well, I'll read, I'll read it myself when I'm an old woman. You know, that's why I'm writing it. Some of them say that they wish they could be having these conversations with a friend, but they haven't got any friend to whom they could speak freely. But yes, a lot of diarists do say, well, I'm writing this. A lot lot of them address their their diary, their journal, as though it were a person, as though it were a friend. And Frank famously called us Kitty. And Fanny Burney addressed it to a certain Miss Nobody because she said, to whom can I speak that freely? Nobody. So she called her diary Nobody. (laughs) <laughs> ah, yes. Yeah, that they hovered. Some of them wrote that how wonderful it was to have to have this place that no one would ever see. Mm. But others of them were were absolutely aware of. And some of them wanted a later reader. Some of them wanted to be understood. You know, this was their way of putting their identity down on paper. Mm-hmm. And even though that at their time, they couldn't go out and shout from the rooftops, here I am. They wrote hoping that mm. someone would hear. That's, I mean, that's incredible because then in a way then you've, you've uh, made their wishes come true. Yes, indeed. <laughs> One does always feel a slight sense of guilt. You want yeah. people like Anne, Anne Lister of Beatrix Potter who went to all that trouble of writing in code. Would yes. <laughs> They haven't destroyed their diaries. So, that is very true, you know. of course. I. <laughs> so really, I mean, <laughs> I feel like people, I, I would dare say that most would, it's better to err on the side of people wanting their stories heard. And yeah, me too. And also just for me, for the anthologist, the editor, there is that sense. I looked at some older anthologies of diaries not specifically women's diaries, not specifically men's. And the proportion of women in them is shamefully small. Yeah. So that, in a way, is the other sense in which these are secret voices. Yeah. Sometimes they didn't want to be. Well, but they did. It makes me think, too, about the fact that so many history books for so long have been written by men and how incredible it is to have like this other portion of history oh. that is directly from the mouths of these women that were there. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Because some of them are writing very importantly about famous events. Yeah. And I think sometimes they do have a slightly different perspective. No, I love that. Another thing that I even just want to touch on, like just the concept of diaries in general. And do you keep a journal? Like how much of an avid journal are you? No, I know. It's illogical, isn't it? <laughs> I, don't, I don't keep a daily diary and never have done. 
like an awful lot of people, I'd start occasionally started in January and, you know, it made it yeah, of right way through to about January the 6th, you know. <laughs> I do, particularly at times of stress or questioning, or for me, adventure, uh, write notes, as it were. Mm-hmm. There's an element of a journal there, but no, I never have written a, uh, a daily diary. I guess now my daily diary, if you like, my record of what I was doing on days is the photos I take on my phone. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of begs the question, and I think it is a real question, where are we going now? Whether the new form of diary, whether X, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, whatever, whether social media is in a way the new form of diary. Mm-hmm. I'd say, no, no, it's completely different because diaries were private, secret, and social media, well, meant to be social indeed. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm not quite so sure that they don't have a lot in common in a way. It's that same urge to express yourself, to put, you know, to put your views out there and of course, in a way, the possible anonymity of social media is a bit like the secrecy of the diary form. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, you can do it without necessarily having anybody call you on it. You can say the unacceptable stuff. Mm-hmm. People do. I, That's such an yeah. uh, interesting and cool point. It makes me think about the fact that maybe 400 years from now, someone's going to have like, a book written with a bunch oh. of Reddit threads. All of those of us who are historians, because I write books about the Tudor period as well as, as, as this, are wondering what we're going to have in a few hundred years, whether the social media records will be preserved or not. Yeah. 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 I and think. How, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, like, now I'm, I actually am thinking about that. Cause yeah, like, same. I'm not an, I was an avid journaler when I was a kid. And it mm-hmm. is fun for me to go back and, like, you know, cringe at a younger version of me. But <laughs> now I think the way that I go back and, you know, cringe at a version of me even five years ago is I'll go and look at my Instagram posts. And uh-huh. I think, like, you're right. There's not like as much of a secrecy to it as a sense of people can't mm. read it, but there is still a way to be able to look back and see how much mm. you've grown as an individual. Yeah. And so, there is a way that I think there's like the journaling yes. aspect of it, of like it's record keeping and it's mm-hmm. um, sh- at least you're highlighting the things that are important to you. And it's mm-hmm. interesting to see how that changes. And yeah, even the personas cool. that people put on for social media, I think mm-hmm. is also it's tells a lot about yourself. Yeah. yeah. Yes. True. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Do you think then there is, there is though a value like after doing this, does it pull you anymore? Or are you more just cemented in keeping a record in how you want? Like, is the call to action now, women, you should all keep a j- journal? Or like, what is your takeaway, do you think, from? Okay. Oh, that's interesting. Do you know, I haven't thought about that. Yes, I actually think I will, I hope, once this launch is over. This is yes. it. Even, <laughs> even Virginia Woolf said that. If you're not careful... It's always the thing you'll do when you have more time. Mm. She actually suggested for herself 
and heaven knows now her, her published diaries are about eight volumes long. Yeah. Said, try to set aside a particular time of the day and almost call it a kind of work. You yeah. Know? Of course. Yeah. I, I actually think it is a deeply valuable thing to do. And I think a, num- a great number of these women found it so. Yeah. I, it made me, you know, re-inspired me of like, oh my gosh, I used to be so good at this. And now yeah. like, what a, you know, invaluable thing that we have now, like looking at these daily lives, like maybe I need to yeah. pick it up again. Is there something else um, just to maybe start wrapping up, but like, what do you hope that a reader will take away as one of the main themes after searching through this? Yeah, I do hope that they will feel, as, well, obviously, that mm-hmm. some bits will amuse them, you know, others mm-hmm. will horrify them. But yeah. I hope they will take away a sense of support. Yeah. Because that, I think, is what I found, that there is this great standing body of our foremothers mm-hmm. at our back. And a lot of these women faced huge ordeals, uh, went through real despair, but most of them survived it. Yeah. I do feel the fact that they fought, they fought against everything from, from slavery to the oppression in, in Victorian marriage, and they won, should give us strength and courage. Yeah, yeah. That, that would be the ultimate takeaway. I think that's, oh, yeah, so that. beautiful. And there's so much you can learn from the past. <laughs> yes, there is. Always. Always. Amazing. I know. I was just going to say, I'm excited to look into a lot of your other books now that we know about you. So oh. that's the one real, because this is like your fourth, right? Fourth or fifth? Oh, actual number of books. I think it's more like 14th or 15th. Oh, <laughs> would have been more, you know, more like picture-oriented books, uh, fashion, or Beatrix Potter, or yes, uh, like we love. No, you're right. I've done four or five books of Tudor history, oh, which okay. is the big, um, the big uh, research jobs. Mm-hmm. They've t- almost all, in fact, I think all been women's history. Amazing, that is my thing. Yeah, well, we agree. That is our thing. And we are also big fans of Beatrix Potter here. We've done episodes on her in the past. So, uh, just hearing you talking about her and seeing that she, you know, got had a moment in the, the book as well. I was very excited to Definitely. see that. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for um, being willing to come and um, talk with us today and tell us a little bit more about Secret Voices. Um, again, like it's a project that when we discovered it, we were so excited about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, just thank you again for sharing your time with us today. Thank you for having me. I've enjoyed it. And the book comes out on February 27th, right? That's right. Oh, okay. How exciting. Perfect. Well, I think that's everything that we need from you. So thank you again, Sarah. And um, we will talk soon. This episode will actually probably be coming out just the day before the book is launched. And so we will be sharing it with um, all of our listeners. And I know they'll be very excited to hear about it. So thank you. Great. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. Have a great afternoon or wherever you are in the world. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Um, Like I said, I just adore her. And just a reminder that her book does come out, I think, 
tomorrow? In two days? Yeah, like yeah. either tomorrow or the next day. So go and order it. Um, Support her and, you know, just enjoy having another little lovely book on your shelf. Mm-hmm. I know I will. And for the long-awaited. <laughs> Literally, I feel like we've been planning this for so long. Listen, maybe <laughs> you're not waiting with baiting bated breath but i am (laughs) i am we definitely have been so for march because it's women's history month which of course like how could we not always it's always our month it's our month to shine it's always our biggest month of the year yes too and we're like women matter every month of course but like when the entire world is willing to recognize women in history a little bit more because there's you know a holiday it's like here you go we will grab your attention yep so, specifically for this month, we wanted to focus on feminine rage, which is very important to us, very near and dear to our heart. We actually have, like, two episodes, I think, that reference yeah. it. Um, so, definitely, we'll be talking about those and having themed episodes for the entire month, talking about feminine rage. But on top of that, we also wanted to release merch for our March Madness, which is what we're yes. calling the whole thing. And March madness yes and allow all of you to be a part of this with us and just like celebrate women in history and allowing ourselves to be unapologetically angry mm-hmm. and you know like just feeling it you know yes. that like generational <laughs> trauma that connects us together as women so absolutely um we have a couple designs because we were excited <laughs> and happy and shout yeah. out to Stani. I mean, <laughs> we all know, like, she's our <laughs> resident graphic designer. I was, I, I am just so happy with how they turned out. And so, me too. Great job, Stani. Thank you. you. So I will say, we had so many more designs than even <laughs> made it to this point. Yeah. So, definitely expect more next year. This is going to be an annual thing. So, mm-hmm. don't worry, there will be more. <laughs> But let's just show you some of them. Um, Sadie's actually wearing this one. This is kind of the first piece. There's nothing like a mad woman. Which is lovely. It's a hoodie. Yes. It's a very nice hoodie. For it reference, is. if you do get this hoodie, size up. Like two yeah. sizes. It's like a comfort fit. Is that what it's called? It says it's like tailored. Yeah, tailored um, fit. Yes. So it doesn't fit baggy like you would expect a regular hoodie to. It's very like kind of a tighter fit. Yeah, it's very good quality, but yeah, it's heavyweight, very heavyweight, Mm -hmm. and it's embroidered. So they are going to be a little bit more expensive. This is the most expensive piece. I know a lot of you love hoodies and embroidery is just so lovely. So that's why we did it. But we have cheaper ones, too. Yeah. And uh, show the back. Oh, duh, the sleeve. Sorry. It's so cute. We have a little more than a muse on the sleeve. It's nice. And then on the back, this is screen printed. But it's actually 31 quotes about feminine rage for the entire month of March. And we will be sharing these as the month goes on so you kind of get a good idea of what it says. Um, there is every day of the month. There's some profanity, but it's so small. But it's tiny profanity. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you really can't tell at a glance, but it just felt weird to censor quotes about rage. Feminine rage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a little bit of an oxymoron. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we just left it. But my favorite ones actually started and ended with it. It's Anger in Women Has Largely Been Associated with Madness by Soraya Kamali. And then the last one is here. We'll just share these right now. 
Almost every woman I have ever met has a secret belief that she's just on the edge of madness, that there's some deep, crazy part within her, that she must be on guard constantly against losing control of her temper, her appetite, her sexuality, of her feelings, her ambition, her secret fantasies, of her mind. Wow. And that's why Elena Dyke woman. So we love this one. Yes. (laughs) It's so lovely. And because we love it so much, we actually have it in a crew neck version too. Sorry, it's inside out because I had it on. (laughs) Yeah, I've been wearing our merch for a very long time, which makes me very happy because people be like, oh my gosh, I love that. And I'm going to be like, that's my merch coming in March. I know. I wore one to work and people were like, wait, that's kind of cool. And I was like, yeah, thanks. I made it. Yeah. So this is the the crew neck. It has all the same stuff, just not the hood. Mm-hmm. So there's the cute little sleeve. It's so cute. And then the back as yeah, well. Yeah, you can get it in green or black. We actually have quite a few colors. Oh, that's true. Yeah, for the hoodie and for the crew neck. Um, These are just the ones I ordered. But that's we have fair. quite a few colors. But yeah, so go check it out. Go It'll be on out. our website, by the way. This is all on our website. Can I show... The one that you're wearing? Yes, you can. This is my favorite one. Okay, listen. Look at this. Ha ha. Ha. Wow. This is, I'm moving too fast. But would you like to explain your artistry? I We have to yes. be artists. <laughs> Thanks. So this kind of came from the idea. This one's called like Myths of Madness, I think is what I named the t-shirt. Oh, so good. Um, Women have been like, people invent words to call women who are angry Mm-hmm. And it's, like, all of these, like, mythical creatures that don't exist <laughs> yeah. or, like, different animals that people will use to, like, call women when they're angry. Like, a shrew, which is literally, like, the tiniest little thing. Yeah. It's so weird that that's – I'm, like, trying to show. I'm, like, oh, you can't see it. But <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, a crone, a hag, a witch, a banshee, like, a man-eater, a spitfire. Um, and so that – is all of this on a and shirt the monsters my favorite ones if you're wondering mm-hmm. is the hag the she devil or the sh- yeah the she devil is amazing the siren mm-hmm. oh mm-hmm. my gosh just all these words that are synonymous with yeah a woman being a monster yes and there's the nice little logo at the bottom that says more than a muse and we have it in a t-shirt version too that's this yes Yes, also. So a t-shirt um, and crew neck. It's perfect if you want to, like, crop it yourself. Yes, there's lots of room for that. Um, also, these crew necks are, like, slightly cheaper than the other ones. First off, because, because of the it's embroidery. Not embroidered. Yeah. But also, this is, like, a Gildan sweatshirt, mm-hmm. which I know there's some controversy around Gildan. But we wanted to make it affordable. So, um, And it's soft and comfy, so. Yeah, and I feel like people will know what to expect with the fit with this one yeah um because it's like a regular old crew neck crew neck so yes yeah and there's lots of color options for all of these so yes and the very last one is our march madness t-shirt which is really yes march madness march madness march madness i love it so much more than a muse yes i love it as well i yeah i can't wait agreed 
We also have a very simple, um, I don't even have it with me, but a pink shirt with just the green logo on it. So if you're just, and I think it comes also in white and like a beige. So if you just want like to wear our podcast logo, that's fine too. You can do that. It's <laughs> yeah. a good podcast logo. Again, it is. You did a great job, Sonny. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, here's all my art. Please buy it. Yeah. <laughs> but no, we're just really excited about this. Um this whole month and just all of the things that we have coming up about it, we'll be talking a lot about feminine rage, which I know has been very popular. And also maybe a lot of you don't know entirely what it is. And yeah, okay. yeah. So we're going to, you know, we're going to talk all about it and you can be a part of March Madness and not the basketball kind. Not the basketball kind. If you like basketball, good for you. But I mean, we're you still could we're wear it. it. Yeah, think about that. You get to show up with your March Madness t-shirt. And people will be like, wow, I didn't know you were a basketball fan. You could be like, actually, I'm a woman's history fan. I'm a feminine rage (laughs) fan, actually. (laughs) Show up with your March Madness. Anyways, we're very excited. We are. Um, And so, yeah, if you like designs, there's an option for you. If you like words on your hoodie, option for you as well. But Yep. I I'll promise you, you'll get a lot of compliments because I've gotten a lot of compliments. Same, and people don't even know I'm wearing it. So it makes like yeah. that I made it. So it makes me, you know, feel good because I'm like, it oh, makes it feel genuine. Thanks. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, also, this is all launching March 1st, of course. Yeah. So we're telling you about it now. So you could like mark your calendars. Um, one thing to note, we wanted to make sure that we were being um, smart about this (laughs) and not like ordering a bunch and then maybe having one be more popular and so these are printed after you order so there will be a little bit of a delay um so shipping might take a little bit more time so if you want to wear it during march i would recommend ordering it at the beginning of march yeah at the beginning yeah Mm mm-hmm Yes, we. This is our first time doing merch, so we're very excited to jump into it. But because of that, we literally had no idea what to expect. Yeah. So um, this was like a good yeah. option for us, and then maybe in the future we can do mm-hmm. it a little bit differently. Yeah, and this gave us the option to do more than one design um, mm-hmm. because we're not millionaires. <laughs> so, exactly. so yeah, so it's a little hard. So kind of think of it as like a pre-order system, but like obviously it'll be a little bit faster than pre-order would. In a pre-order. So totally. Yeah. I hope you like them. We yes. Like them. And, we love them. And I think, I guess that's it. So. Yeah, that's everything. Stay tuned for March 1st. More photos will be coming on the website. We're excited to have you all part of our Women's History Month next month. Mm-hmm. And because of that, with so many wonderful things happening, make sure you subscribe on YouTube or on your podcast platform. And then also, you know, follow, like. We're on Instagram. We're on TikTok. We're on YouTube. We're mm-hmm. we're everywhere. So <laughs> make sure you follow, rate, review, like, comment, subscribe, all of the things so that yes. you can be a part of this wonderful little feminine range club that we're creating. A, a beautiful club. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, Great. we will be back next time. See ya. Bye. Bye. Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. 
More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today.